The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now we want to talk about the new gambling regulation bill, and it's suggested that the lack of clarity may lead ultimately to legal challenges. And uh, to talk about all of this in more detail, Mark Bradshaw, global champion with the World Health Organization for gambling related harm and recovery, and Barry Grant, addiction counsellor uh, with Extern Problem Gambling. Good morning and welcome to you both. We'll go to you, Barry, on the line, first of all. Barry, what's uh, your problem? What's your reservation about what is uh, now going to to be the law? Um, well, I have very few reservations uh, with it, really. We did make some proposals around uh, amendments that we thought would be useful and helpful. Uh, I suppose the main one was around the wording of the self-exclusion system, as it was worded in the original draft of the general scheme, where, as it was worded, a person would only be able to exclude themselves from an account which they already had, which is kind of would be useless to our service users because let's say you exclude yourself from your paddy power and then in a week's time you have a strong urge to gamble, you open up a Boyles or a Ladbrokes and this cycle can go on and on. There are thousands of these online accounts out there. So uh, in the new wording, uh, I think one of the amendments proposed today by uh, some of the Sinn Féin TDs would, that, would be that the self-exclusion system would extend to all licensed operators. So I go to the the government or the regulators online system give them my details they go out to all the licensed operators and I'm barred voluntarily from from all of those operators as it is in the UK a kind of a joined up system Explain to me how that might work because uh, you know the only identifier in this jurisdiction is your PPS number and you know to be sure that you are you so how does that exclusion system work for example you mentioned the UK how does it work there that they know that the Pat Kenny who wants to be excluded from these gambling sites is not the Pat Kenny who enjoys the occasional flutter on Cheltenham or the Grand National and well it would take your details I mean one of the things that we've been pushing for in the first instance which we don't currently have in Ireland will be verification that you are who you are so we regularly hear from family members where let's say a loved one has taken their credit card and opened up an account but they didn't have to verify their identity in order to do so or sometimes children will do it with their parents card so in a robust system, you would have identity verification at the point of setting up the new account mm. in the first instance. So you would have to say, have your driver's license, passport, or some other form of ID. Also, they would look at, say, your your email address, your let's say your bank card details, your physical address, your postcode. So if you try and use any of these things when setting up a new account, that would be uh, checked against a blacklist. Now, uh, what's the average age of someone who uh, succumbs to gambling addiction? Does it tend to be an older person, a younger person, or does it take all comers? It does take all comers, although all addictions are progressive. So, I mean, people, most of our service users start out as teenagers. And by the time they're contacting us, traditionally, they'd be mid to late 30s uh, for the most part. Obviously, that can vary. But it tends to be when maybe you're having your first child or you're going for a mortgage application. Of course, a bank won't go near you with a a barge pole if you have lots of online gambling transactions on there. But that's in the last couple of years, that's been skewing much younger, so we're seeing people seeking help much earlier. Yeah, Where is that help to be found? Uh, well, we have a free counselling service. People can go to our website, problemgambling.ie, or if they just want to talk to us on the helpline, or if they want to get self-help materials on there. 
Uh, there are numerous other services. So there's another website called gamblingcare.ie and that would give uh, details of many other free services. Say, so from Dunlui, addiction services, uh, Helplink, Kunwira, Shiri. So there's everything from, let's say, having a chat on the phone to face-to-face counselling all the way up to residential treatment. And many of those are either very low cost or free. So if people have any concerns, there's plenty of help there. Just reach out. Barry, thank you very much for joining us in Addiction Counsellor with Extern Problem Gambling and problemgambling.ie among the many sites that will help you there. Now, Mark Bradshaw, global champion with the World Health Organization for gambling-related harm and recovery. Mark, we are not alone. This is a global problem. No, absolutely a global problem. But we've got an opportunity here in Ireland to, to, to set, set a marker for the rest of the world. We did a great job within the smoking industry. And I liken this to the smoking industry and uh, tobacco, and I also liken it to the opioid crisis, um, specifically Oxycontin in, in, in America. So we've got a real opportunity to, to make a mark here and for that to be rolled out across the world. Look, I make it very clear, I'm not anti-gambling, but I am anti-exploitation. And these gambling companies at the moment actively exploit vulnerable customers. The statistics are there. 86% of gambling companies' profits come from 5% of their customers. So therefore, they actively have algorithms that are targeting the most vulnerable. The irony is... How how do they detect, using their algorithms, who is vulnerable? Are they the repeat bettors, the people who, you know, having lost on one race, if it's horses, for example, immediately are onto the next race? Or is it the people who will gamble on who's going to have the first throw in in a Premier League match or what? You know. Yeah, look, I I was... So I I bet with um, Betfair... And I've spoken to a VIP custom, uh, manager. I was one of their customers. So my name was often used in their offices as somebody to go and target. So if any time I tried to cool off from betting, within three days, they would come and offer me free bets, but significant free bets or free tickets to something. So they knew I was their best friend. They also knew that nobody knew around me. So they'd done lots of research into me. They'd followed my LinkedIn profile. They knew everything about my company. They knew everything about my business. They identified everything about me and knew that I was a problem gambler, yet targeted me. Towards the back end, In so I'd gambled for 20 years, specifically with Betfair for, for 13 years. As I say, from getting thousands of pounds of free bets to get me back on the system, towards the end in 2018, when I was begging them for 10 and 20 pound free bets, all of a sudden they went missing on me. So portrayed themselves as my best friend and then disappeared on me completely. And that's their model time and time again. It's a very simple processes to regulate in my opinion so what needs to be changed about the the regulations so let's take here in ireland for example there's in excess of 100 gambling licenses my question back to the government is how many of these pay taxes in ireland hardly any of them there's one specifically here in ireland who would be the front runner who would tell you that they paid two billion in taxes i would absolutely challenge that two billion did not go into the irish revenue from this betting from this um, gambling operator So therefore, where we've got the big issue is the back end when there are these problem gamblers and they require services and that requires funding. So if we take the opioid crisis in America, for example, the Sackler family got very, very rich off what they did to the tune of about $10 billion. There was a handful of people who were lobbied and paid and they made money as well. The effect was for of the effect on individuals was 8 million people were affected and that's cost a US, a US taxpayer in excess of 500 billion. 
That's going to happen within the gambling industry. So again, it will be the state who end up picking up this cost at the back end. The problem we have is, and I've said this to a couple of senators, they're more worried about the next election for themselves. So therefore, they're not looking five to 10 years down the line. They're, they're relatively self-serving in what they do and only looking at the next election for themselves. They've got an opportunity to make a stance now. It could be very simple here. We could have 10 gambling operators who genuinely have a license at the end of the day a gambling company only remains open if it's making profit and that profit has to come from its customers and therefore people have to lose mm. money how, how do you stop uh, people from overseas targeting irish gamblers online there are ways you can block these systems out so i've just come back from um, i've just come back from a forum in geneva with the world health organization and albeit Culturally, it wouldn't 100% work, but Norway have a groundbreaking system in, in, in what works for them. So theirs is a, a state-owned one-gambling op operator and everything else is blocked. So there are ways, as I said, technology is incredibly clever these days, hence why they can target the mm -hmm. most vulnerable gamblers. In the same way, they could absolutely now go the, go the other way and make sure that you know there are blocks put on overseas gambling companies. That... It, it's smoke and mirrors from the gambling industry that they like to talk about the black market. The, the fact is, in the same way as the Sacklers were, these lot are unregulated, largely self-regulate, sorry, themselves to the gambling companies and it market their products themselves. You know, again, let's just go back very quickly. When I first started 24 years ago, we didn't have online technology. So... I actively had to go to a bookmaker. It was seen as a little um, murky, the gambling yeah. world then. Now it's, the, the person you see going in and out of the bookie shop all the time is a bit seedy. Correct, exactly. Seedy's the word, right? So that was what it was like when I was playing rugby and as soon as I finished training at one o'clock, I'd go to the bookies, but I knew what I was doing was wrong. It's now been marketed as sexy. If you go to university, and specifically if you're a young fella, and I've had hundreds of them contact me here in Ireland, you're getting your first big student loan. And the first thing you typically do is, as you're forming new friendships and relationships, is you're getting an online um, account and you're starting to bet. Now, the problem we have is, and especially in the sports community, if you take six boys, one of them is likely to be a problem gambler. That's what the stat, the stat is. Absolutely. One in six one will in become six a problem gambler. One in become a problem gambler. And the problem is they really don't know where to turn. So my biggest issue was I didn't know where to turn in what I was doing. So what I, you know, I've put myself out there very vis visibly and I've had thousands of responses back because people just don't know where okay. to turn. So in summary, what do we need to change about the regulations? What, do, what can the government do now to avoid the scenario that will unfold in 10 years' well, time? Firstly, anybody who's not paying tax here in Ireland, we cut them off straight away because there are services required at the back end. We also make sure that all these shell companies that are set up from one of the biggest operators here in Ireland, we we tell them, you pay all your taxes here in Ireland for every bet that's placed. Otherwise, again, we'll take your license off you. We limit the number down. As I say, I, I, I put a number 10. It could be six licenses, whatever number of licenses, but we make it very clear. We will send people in to regulate you. If you are identifying and targeting vulnerable gamblers, we will take your license off you. That simple. Not punitive fines that go on across the water there. It needs to be as hard cut in as that. We will take your license off you if you are seen to be targeting vulnerable gamblers. Well, it's a, a very interesting uh, situation we're in and all of this will be debated this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. And But look, again, there's a lot of smoke screens going up and this is very simple. 
People just want to make it more complicated than it needs to be. And what we need is these people who, and I'm going to be pretty crass in saying this, people like myself who cannot be bought. I've made it clear if Betfair came to me and offered me my £5 million back that I lost with them tomorrow, I wouldn't take it. If they offered me £10 million to shut my mouth, I wouldn't do it. I've had one big gambling operator offer me money to go and be their advocate for gambling harm. I turned it down straight away because I am not going to do anything for the for the gambling industry. It, it, they, they, they're, they're doing this at the moment where people who are trying to help within the industry, the gambling company, then go and say, look, we'll support you, but we'll we'll also um, uh, censor what you're saying. And, and, and it's important that you're not going to be censored within this space. Mark Bradshaw, global champion with the World Health Organization for gambling-related harm and recovery. Mark, thank you thank very you, much Pat. for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.